know. Who's O knowing? <laughs> Scene one, take one marker. This is crazy. Dad's gone and we're throwing a party. There's lights in my face. I'm scared. I don't feel good. <laughs> What's up, everybody? And welcome back to the first ever episode of the Fish Official Sass Adams. Today we have Christopher Bestington. Um, this is what we call in the industry a meltdown. <laughs> this is called She Was Up All Night Panicking. And bef- like, <laughs> I was tossing and turning all night. I was like, oh my God, I'm in charge of the sip this week. I don't know how to work any of the equipment. I don't know how to work the editing software that Rylan uses. What am I going to do about like hard drives and like memory cards? And then I wake up at 6 a.m. to a text from Rylan being like, I don't have any memory cards to so figure your life out. I was like, no! <laughs> Yeah, this is a little bit terrifying, if but I'm being honest. For those of you who are audio only, Ryland Adams is out. We axed a bitch. Yeah, where is he? He's in Colorado, right? Don't tell the people where he is. Oh, I don't know <laughs> where he is. Nobody knows where he is. He went out for cigarettes last week, and we haven't seen him since. It's crazy. I miss our sweet king. I do miss our sweet king, but today we are joined by our beautiful cameraman, you're going to have to say your own name, though, because I'm still not on that tip. Christopher Breitinger. Christopher Breitinger and his beautiful, helpful boyfriend. My boyfriend's here. Oh, there's a button. Oh, it's so quiet. <laughs> oh, you don't know how to work it. He doesn't know what's happening because he doesn't have headphones on, but there was a whole <laughs> crowd clapping for you. <laughs> How's it feel to be behind the camera? Uh, it feels kind of weird. Yeah. This whole thing feels crazy. Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing feels Definitely weird. Definitely not used to this. The boyfriend's here. I'm on the wrong side of the camera. You're on this side of the camera. I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> You're an actor and you do Shane Dawson podcast. You should be used to this by now. That's different because there's three other hilarious gentlemen that when I panic and have nothing to say, they take they take the lead. <laughs> so what the fuck am I, Chris? You no, you're hilarious. Would we say I'm chopped liver? Was that? Was but that? No, it's there's three other. You know what I'm saying? Oh no. Oh no, indeed. <laughs> so how was your week, Christopher? It was good. It was really nice. We went to our first ever. Uh, well, okay, not my first. I'd been to a few already, but his first ever Pride Parade oh my slash God. festival, <laughs> which you loved, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really contributing. Thank you could you. leave him off mute. <laughs> Can I? <laughs> I mean, what's he going to say? Anything? <laughs> Did, but you had fun? It was actually a good time, yeah. I, I was expecting to be way different, but it was actually very... He thought it was going to be... Because the only thing he had ever seen was like the terrible stereotypes of like naked flamboyant men all over the place. You know what I mean? Just like... Yeah, is that, that a horrible have... stereotype? It I is. think that's uh, the fun of WeHo, right? It's, it, but it's not pride. Like, pride is like families with children and like Macy's floats and oh. like very like tame and civilized and not really any of that. I mean, so it's like... not the Abbey on a Saturday night? No. No. <laughs> no. I mean, there's like after parties. But we also going. love the Abbey on a Saturday night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the only place I ever went out in LA was the Abbey on a Saturday night. Was it really? Yeah, well, that and I did one time i went to the nightclub what is it called no vacancy have you been there no if you live in la or if you ever intend on going to no vacancy speed through this because this is a major spoiler (laughs) alert no vacancy is the type of club that has like a theme to it and this one's sort of like a burlesque sort of whorehouse theme (laughs) so when you go in they take you through a hotel room and you get into a hotel room and there's a woman there who looks like a prostitute and there's a bed and you're with a group of people and she's committed to her character. They're talking about it like you're about to all fuck. And I went meeting friends there. I was late to the group. And so I went in alone. And I just kept going, I leave in the wrong place, guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
and this poor woman was like no like she's staying in character and I'm like no I'm serious I'm in the wrong place like I'm just gonna go and it was like I was so panic stricken that this woman <laughs> broke character she's like shut up you dumb bitch this is part of it we're gonna lift the bed up and you're gonna go down these fucking stairs and you're gonna like it and I was like okay my bad I'm so sorry I didn't know I'm alone I didn't want to fuck strangers tonight in here with you I didn't know who invited you to this I was meeting Joe there. What? Yeah, but it's not like it's a regular club. It's just like a theme. It's like Bootsy Bellows, how you go through the kitchen and everything to get to the club. Mm. And I just didn't know because I don't go out. You and Joe are a little freaky in real life is what I just learned. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, that's my experience with clubbing. (laughs) I Yeah, I'm a bad gay, I feel like. (laughs) And like a late blooming gay. Like I didn't really go to clubs or things until later in life. He's actually making me go to stuff now more than ever. Oh, fun. Like the last 10 years, we, we were like, we were like 90 year old retired gay men that just were like home or at work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Making nice dinners, pairing nice wines. Yeah, that's all we did. That's that, what I know from The Last of Us. And that's I'm, what I know about old gays. I'm <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Well, you got to stop watching 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> 13 Reasons Why? Is that what I said? Or did I have another He stroke? likes it too. That's what brings us together. <laughs> How many times have you guys watched 13 Reasons Why? We watched only one. Well, a separate a couple times, but together we watched it again. You fuck with 13 Reasons Why? Sometimes, yeah. Did you see it all the way through the conclusion? Yes. Really? <laughs> and you're into it? Huh? You loved the conclusion? Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah. You but, gotta admit, that's crazy but shit. But the first season... The first season's whatever. Oh. It's captivating. I watched the first season, okay. and I watched the final episode where the boy... Another spoiler alert. God, people hate spoiler alerts. Whoa. But the boy, you know the last episode, goes out, gets addicted to opioids, oh, starts intravenous using, or whatever it's called, <laughs> becomes a... Gay street prostitute gets AIDS <laughs> and dies. You're right. You're right. in the span of a fucking day. It's a wild day. Crazy, crazy um, day. <laughs> I watched another show because of you recently. What did you watch? I watched The Idol. Oh, are we gonna get right into it? <laughs> I don't know. Should we? Should we wait? Um, let's do it. <laughs> let's get into it. So you watched The Idol. Did you watch the first episode or just the second? We watched both of them last night. Oh, that's the, a lot of The Idol in one sitting. It's the first. I like anything I'd watch. I don't watch TV almost ever. Yeah. So this is the first TV I'd watched in a very long time. And he was like, why does she want you to watch this? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. <laughs> so one of the reasons why I want him to watch it is because this is one of those shows where, like Euphoria, you expect it to be so like disturbing and stunning and you know, shock worthy that it's it's a must talk about thing. Mm-hmm. You can't not talk about it. <laughs> After it premiered at Cannes, the guy who made it, Sam Levinson or whatever his last name is, <laughs> was like talking, uh, like reports were coming out that it was a negative set experience, that there was uh, the nature of the sexual violence in the show itself was bordering on abusive and hard to be part of during filming. And he said to reporters on the panel at Cannes Festival after they showed the first two episodes, he's like, I think we just came up with the best show of the summer or something. Whoa. Like something very arrogant like that. So I went into this thinking like, oh, this is going to be lit. Like, this is going to be as upsetting as Euphoria, which I'm upset by. I think there are things in Euphoria that, like, aren't for me. And it's like, I'm okay with depicting sexual experiences amongst teenagers because that happens. Teenagers have sex. I don't need to see a perceived teenager's nipples (laughs) getting railed from behind and choked. I don't need to see it. Something in me is, like, good on the implied nature of that sexual violence. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to see nipple. (laughs) Um, but Sam likes to show nipple. So like good for that middle-aged man. There's a lot of nipple. Is this for Lily's like first thing? 
This is Lily's kind of first huge thing. She's been in a lot of little things. She was in like a Kevin Smith movie called like Yoga Hosiers or something. Oh, that was bad though. Yeah, that was, that was bad. <laughs> that was really bad. But I think uh, she's incredible. And so I started watching the series thinking this was going to be like Euphoria. Yeah. And I have. Which I haven't seen, so I can't comment. <laughs> that's fine. But I've been. Uh, what did you think? <laughs> um i'll say like the very opening scene of the first episode i was like whoa just by lily's performance of the like one take showing all the emotions and then immediately crying on mm-hmm. him i was like whoa she's the real deal like she's an incredible actor i think she's so fucking talented and like i'm concerned <laughs> that this show is like i don't think actually i think a woman of that talent can't be uh tainted by this shitty show yeah and I think that's intriguing. Um, this rat tail, <laughs> pathetic cult leading, impoverished motherfucker is not it for me. He hates Abel's character in the show. I he, don't think anybody likes Abel. He, and, <laughs> but you're supposed to not like him, right? Right. I you're mean, supposed to not like him. No. His character name is something like Topher Topher. I don't know. It's funny. I remember you mentioned in one of the last episodes the like firm stiff rat tail yeah and i was like what is she talking about because i saw him for a second yeah. and i didn't know that. and then there's a scene where he's walking through the house and it was like pointy yeah no like, you could fuck that rat tail like that is like a that's a hard one you know what i'm saying it was aggressive it's um, aggressive but he's not a bad actor he's not a good actor <laughs> and if i have to sit through another second of him whispering weird dirty shit to lily rose Depp, i might fucking puke it's all weird the whole thing is super super weird it's shot nicely it is beautiful it is definitely (laughs) beautiful it's shot in the weekend's home and Um. i do have to say that at the end of this episode like as boring and as fucking stupid as it was at the end of it i felt slightly intrigued by the notion of uh that's just barely hinted at that uh topher topher has a cult did you notice that yeah so i think I think that the rest of the season is going to be about him moving this cult into her house. And it's like a Manson style thing. Yeah. But to me, what what so what we care about in Euphoria are the people. You know, we give a shit about Rue's journey. We want her to get clean and sober. We want her to get out of this hell. Yeah. There's not a, a fucking drop of giving a fuck. About anyone in this, except for maybe her assistant, who I'm like, someone help her. Yeah, I feel that way, too, about the assistant, actually. She yeah. seems sweet. She seems great. But, yeah, the main character just seems really, really, really sad. Yeah. Like, to, like miserably, maybe going to kill herself sad. Yeah. I don't know. That's all that I really... And then they just sort of throw in her mouth. She's like, I want to be bigger than my music. And it's like, I haven't seen her sing. <laughs> I haven't seen this woman sing. That's true. I've seen her... I actually have seen her never sing. I've seen her masturbate 55 times (laughs) and rub ice on different parts of her body. And I've yet to see this woman who's so fucking passionate about singing sing, except for when she harmonizes at the end. Can she sing in real life? Probably not. But like, let's fucking fake it. It's TV, dude. This isn't life. (laughs) That's true. Um, So I was reading this guy wrote like 12 questions about the idol. Like, that was his review of it. He just has 12 questions. Oh, okay. And so I highlighted my favorite ones because they were killing me. Um, And this is on Vulture.com. And it's... uh... (laughs) Oh, his name is Tedros. Tedros Tedros, not Topher Topher. Is Tedros a literal vampire? (laughs) (laughs) Can he not answer the phone during the day? Because that's when he's (laughs) shooting his coffin. 
Maybe. Literally spelled out honk shoe. Very possibly. What kind of two-bit operation has no cameras shooting coverage on their music video? The <laughs> fact that they're shooting that music video with a single camera on a crane and there's no coverage elsewhere. And they're like letting this poor girl go take after take after take, even though she's like, the top of that's trash. The rest of it you can't use. It's like, that's not how this works, bitch. Like, they're going to use five seconds of this. Like, what in the hell? You just reminded me that whole bit where they were like, she did the entire performance yeah. and she's like we got it and they were like oh the entire thing was out of focus i'm like that would never happen no like, also cut it cut it save this poor girl the misery. at some point would be like cut or yeah. it's out of focus or hold on or something <laughs> i also love that she's running up and down the stage there's a scene where she's trying to redeem herself after she's canceled her last like stadium tour or whatever and yeah. she's like trying to show, like i can work i can i can do the work while being hungover and like all fucked up on mountain dew but like i can do the work so like cover up the cuts on the insides of my thighs and let's get to dancing and she's up on the stage and to watch playback they make her run off the stage with her asshole out out to the monitor to watch playback and then back up onto the stage and the amount of times i watched this poor girl just hustling back and forth like joe and i were dying of laughter we're like get this bitch a monitor this is a fucking joke like there's too many items of technology in this world for this little naked bitch to have to crawl up onto the stage like a like a little honey badger it's just sadder to watch i think that's the point and then there's a new girl chloe who's introduced as like the person who braids tedro's hair yeah, horribly what, what was the point of her so i think his cult is a cult of musicians like we learn that they all have a musical yeah. talent and they're all obsessed with him and he says that he's gonna like make them famous which like honestly is kind of charles mansony because yeah. manson was originally a singer yeah didn't, didn't he make songs like the beach boys and stuff yeah that's crazy and i think one of his i don't know enough to talk about it but i think one of his initial like people that he was gonna target was a former beach boy and it just uh, but then he like left the house i'm making this up whoa i didn't know that don't take it as fact. Don't take <laughs> anything I say here as fact. fact. <laughs> no. Um, so we meet this girl, Chloe, who's like immediate thing when she gets to fucking Jocelyn's house is she takes her clothes off and jumps in the pool and gets her hair all fucked up and wet. Yes. Two seconds later, this is the question. Oh. Did Chloe give herself a blowout after swimming in one of Jocelyn's two pools? <laughs> two scenes later, never mind, her hair is messy again. <laughs> incredible uh and then did you know max has a mute function so you don't have to listen to abel the weekend tessaphase erotic asmr when it said max i was like who's max in the show oh, i forgot that they re rebranded HBO, hbo max, max yeah why did they rebrand 10 times <laughs> who <laughs> could ever really say dude but you know, know what life is long be who you want to be <laughs> That's a beautiful message. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's getting hot in here, don't you think? Yes. I never realized how hot it is in here. Yeah. Somehow, I don't know if it's because I'm sweating and because I'm nervous, but or the lights. I don't know. It's probably because I'm so fucking attractive that it. it's like I radiate heat and yeah. like everything around me gets a little bit sunburnt and a little <laughs> bit sweaty. That makes sense. So I'd like to apologize right <laughs> here and now for the effect I've had on all of you, weather-wise. <laughs> but I am ready to serve up some iced tea. Yeah. I almost said the wrong thing. <laughs> I almost said the wrong thing. We'll get there. <laughs> this is new. That's this is my first new. time. <laughs> just, just feel it out. Look me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes. And I'll give you cues. All right. So on today's hot topics, we have Pete Z Pete Davidson. <laughs> Pete, <laughs> Pete Davidson. Pete uh, Davidson left PETA a voicemail. Yeah. What? What? I didn't hear the voicemail. <laughs> so Pete Davidson got a like some kind of doodle, a doodle mix which is, you know, a poodle and a something else mixed okay. together for his mom. Apparently he had a dog of two years with his mom that they lost tragically. And so he wanted to replace the animal for his mother. And so he bought a dog. Okay. And PETA was like, 
just don't buy dogs like because that's how they that's how they are and it's too (laughs) and honestly like i get it like backyard breeding is a bummer people who don't know what they're doing with the animals who don't do health screenings on them who are like not like puppy mills and backyard breeding is a huge problem and a massive epidemic and so when you are going to buy a dog it's very important that you do it through a reputable breeder who gives a shit about the breed who gives a shit about the animal yeah like or rescue because there's so many that need or to be rescue rescued. yeah and um so they were mad at him for doing that and instead of like just going about his life he decided to call them and leave a voicemail and he's like hey peter it's pete fuck you my mom lost a dog i have allergies this is the only kind of dog i could have and it leaked that's kind of hilarious. Is my Pete Davidson voice spot on or am I like I thought he was deaf? in the room. <laughs> you thought he was here? I thought he was here. No, it was me. <laughs> Chris, it was me. I swear. Stop it. No, I'm right here. And I too have IBS. <laughs> Wait, but how? Okay, so he leaves a voicemail to PETA and he doesn't think it's going to go everywhere? I'm sure he thought it was going to go everywhere. Oh, okay, I also okay. sometimes don't think Pete Davidson has a second thought. <laughs> I think he has the first thought, he acts on it, and then he forgets. And then it's over. He has a, uh, this is a mean thing to say, a kind of dopey looking face. I call it kissed by a dementor. (laughs) Like in the 90s, we had heroin chic and now we're into like soulless freak. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then, oh, I made you watch this on Instagram. I found this video of this guy and it's his son and he's like four and his little boy's just, a, like, you can tell the dad's filming from outside the door of the bedroom. And the little boy's just talking at the corner of the room. And it's like, if I ever see that, my child's up for adoption. <laughs> that motherfucker has a demon leached to its back and there's nothing I can do to save him. And it's the foster care system now. It was terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. I don't mean what I just said. Obviously, I'm not going to get rid of my child if it's possessed by a demon. I will do whatever I can to depossess it. But, like, I have questions. Like, are they doing this for the camera? Or is this child Who could ever really say a nightmare? It? It's fucking TikTok. But the little boy is saying that... The, and he's drawing pictures of a man hanging in yeah. his room. And he calls him the hanging man. And he says the hanging man gets gets mad at night. And he bangs on things. And he's always crying. And the dad's like, will you draw him for me? And he goes, he doesn't like me drawing him. <laughs> and then the dad's no. like, "If I'm getting scared right now. Like, my hair... My nipples are fucking hard. My... Every hair on my body is standing on end and I'm anxious as hell. It's horrible. And so the dad's like, if you can sleep with me tonight, they're English, of course, to make it spookier. <laughs> you can sleep with me tonight if you draw me a picture of the hanging man. And he goes, okay, daddy. And he draws another picture of the hanging man. And then that night, because it had been suggested to the father to switch the boys' rooms, because maybe the thing, the entity was attached to the room. And then, oh my God, literally my nipples. I'm like everywhere. It's ter- I'm terrified. The little boy, you see him on his little like... um nest cam or whatever you call it in a baby's room a baby monitor the four-year-old like sits up and he's like don't like or says something (laughs) he's like "Uh oh and then you hear "Ah." Uh and then you see the little boy get yanked out of his bed and he's like fuck this shit and he like runs away it's only 6 p.m too by the way thank god it looked like a clip from like paranormal activity oh yeah this isn't real that's why i was like okay are they doing this for the camera because this is so scary i hope to god they are but i watched that and then immediately after i watched this thing about when lifeguards will refuse to rescue you in the ocean and joe came in the room and he's like what are you doing and i was like you should take my phone i'm doing scary things that i shouldn't be doing before bed (laughs) but the uh yeah that fucked me up so wrong video wrong video but i did send it to you because i didn't want to be alone in my terror that's fair you're welcome (laughs) this is exciting what kim cattrall is coming back to on just like that i don't know any of these it's like you said a sentence do you know sex in the city kind of sort of you know it exists in the world yes i know about it okay so sex in the city exists in the world (laughs) 
And Sarah Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker is on it. And Kim Cattrall is in it. Kim Cattrall plays Samantha, the uh, slutty one. And she and Sarah Jessica Parker famously have beef. Like, they're oh, not fucking friends. Why? I don't know. I Like, it's a bunch of different things, but I think it really boils down to, like, Kim just doesn't like this bitch. <laughs> and at one point, somebody, like, in someone's family, I think it was probably Kim's family, Kim lost a loved one. And Sarah Jessica Parker said, like, I'm so sorry. And Kim was like, say that bitch like it was crazy like they are not friends like they're like high school beefing but people love them because the show yeah well kim's a huge part of the show it's like those 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 are the women and she's one of the women and she refused to come back after the third movie presented itself as weak as fuck and she's like i'm not doing this it's wack as bonkers i didn't know there were three movies i don't know that there are there might only be two (laughs) okay or a third one without kim who could ever really say you know i watched i think i watched them go to like dubai and then i was like i can't do this anymore (laughs) um and i never watched the original series because it just wasn't for me yeah like it just wasn't for me my mom loved it she was all about it it'd be on tv everybody loved it it had like 20 million seasons and it got a reboot and it and the reboot sucked ass i watched every episode (laughs) of the reboot and it got a season two did it really yeah Good for them. And Kim Cattrall's back. Ah. So she's doing a new episode. Well, she's in an episode, but I was reading the stipulations of her involvement. She filmed with nobody else on the cast. The showrunner was not allowed to be there. Whoa. And it's just a phone call. Patty. And it's a phone (laughs) call with Carrie, but she wouldn't do the call with Sarah Jessica Parker. She just filmed it alone. No way. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Are people excited? Good. For I mean, the fans, I guess. I mean, good for the fans, and also like, is it toxic that I love a petty queen? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of hilarious. I kind of wish I could just be there to see it. I mean, I feel like it's more entertaining here and now, <laughs> and like when it actually comes out in the episode, I will watch it and I will be disappointed. <laughs> but that's just how it goes with things such as that. Oh, gay! It's gay things. It's gay stuff. <laughs> gay I- stuff brought to you by a gay guy. After intense backlash from shoppers, oh, I we talked about this. I think that's briefly. why it's here, yeah. bro. <laughs> After intense backlash from shoppers, Target is removing certain items and making other changes to its LGBTQ plus merchandise nationwide ahead of Pride Month. Uh, he can actually talk on this too because his aunt works for Target. I hope that's okay that I say that. And his aunt told us that uh, where can I say where you're from? Should I not do that? <laughs> Don't do it because I'm not editing this. Okay, where he's from, which yeah. is a couple hours away from us um in that town i guess all of the targets like there was a pride event going on and i was just looking for a shirt or something and there was zero pride merchandise anywhere and i was like why is there no pride merchandise anywhere and we were talking about it and then he was like oh yeah my aunt said that people were going into the stores and like throwing coffee and like paint on things and like breaking the displays and like someone that worked there uh, at like, I don't know if it was Target or Walmart, walked up and tried to stop them from breaking the displays and pouring coffee all yeah. over it. And they hit him and then they like turned into a physical altercation. And then Target and, and Walmart were like, for the safety of you guys, we're going to take out all the pride stuff. But then the gay employees were like, no, you're letting them win. And then they didn't want to work. And then it was like a whole thing. How did it resolve itself? I don't I don't think it did. I think. I think well, the, the point being was that Target didn't mandate the removal of the pride gear. They did say if you don't feel safe, you may take it off the shelves. I, I think they said you were taking it out, I think is what was happening. Oh, from what I read, they said that if it was a safety issue and you didn't feel the, the oh. branch didn't feel comfortable with it, the safety of, you know, psychos coming in to destroy property. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's I think they presented it that way. But from what we gathered, it seemed like they were strongly saying like it wasn't mandatory, but it kind of was. What did you say? 
yeah, uh, pretty much uh, the night crew was supposed to take it down. Did they tell them they had to take it down? They had to take them down. Oh. So they they refused, so they didn't show up to work that night to take them down. Mm-hmm. So when my aunt went in, they were like, you got to take it down now. And her and her other employees. Uh, They're like, straight employees, will you take down yeah, the gate? <laughs> so th- she took them down, and as they were taking them down, the rest of the employees got mad at them. And they were giving them shit. But she's like, I need my paycheck. Yeah. I need to get paid. Which, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, they were forced to take everything down. But, but it's the whole thing's so insane to me because like Pride merchandise has been in Target for years at this point mm-hmm. and like that's never been an issue. No one's been vandalizing the displays for these years. It's just like a small section. I'm like, what happened? I feel like we went back ten years. What's going on? <laughs> like, yeah, it's wild. It's like they, I think they expanded it to some degree, and like, uh, there's a lot of hot button issues right now around like a lot of the. LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. Which is like really rallying up angry people. Yeah. And um, especially I think like transgender topics especially has been in the media quite a bit. But I don't know. It's so it's to me, it's like the most deeply upsetting thing because it's like this is this is not an issue. This shouldn't like if you don't like pride, don't go into pride. Don't support pride. Don't buy pride merch. That's fine. I don't go to a lot of things that I don't like, but I would never go to an event of something I dislike and purposefully protest or break things or I don't know. I just don't understand. Like, just let people be happy. <laughs> let people do their thing. I don't know. Let us enjoy a float. Really? Like... Let gays float. <laughs> Damn. But... Chris, you also told me you took all the dog hair off this microphone. I tried. <laughs> he lied. I tried. He lied. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I don't know how to segue out of that, but I do hope that everything gets better. And that, how do we make everything better lizzie go well i think we can take a note out of jared leto's book and start climbing walls just kidding it's a segue to our next story guys see what i did there um so jared leto was recently seen scaling the sides of hotel buildings like a fucking weirdo it's like is he morbius like what's this guy doing what is this guy doing he's so crazy well my favorite thing about this is the coverage of jared leto scaling walls like without a harness like literally just climbing walls (laughs) it's like everyone's like we don't know why he's doing it but he's like with this guy who does like famous stunts like this for tiktok it's like well no but then we know why he's doing it he's doing a stunt for tiktok like what <laughs> we didn't see any camera crews around it's like right it's for tiktok it's on a cell phone people were standing around with cell phones filming and light reflectors it's like right it's for tiktok what how many and i've seen i've seen like five different articles talking specifically about jared leto scaling the buildings of hotels in foreign countries and it's like really Someone the, did that randomly in Santa Monica when we were there the other day. Just dude, I'm sure people do it all the fucking time. And there was one dude filming. His camera guy did it with him. And with like one hand was like filming and scaling a wall. And I was like, someone's going to die right now. Is there something wrong with me that I just don't fucking care? <laughs> like, <laughs> like in a world where like bridges are collapsing and like trains are colliding in India. Like, do I really give a flying fuck about Jared Leto climbing a wall with beautifully blown out hair? <laughs> Like, is this really it? I mean, people love him. Some people. Some people are diehard Leto. Even though he had a cult. Did you see? I don't know. There's a whole. I mean, I don't think it's a cult. I think he's doing (laughs) yoga with these people. But I also realized this weekend that there is a Jared Leto emoji. (laughs) (laughs) And I will put that on the screen here. Amazing. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? He gets a whole row of emoji for when he changes his hair color. I love it. He's just a crazy man. Moving right along. Abbott Elementary star Tyler James Williams spent months getting high at home and eating chips before his award-winning turn as Gregory Eddy. (laughs) 
But one of my favorite quotes from this article that he did was, all my favorite things I've ever done came about because I wasn't thinking about that thing. That's what happened with Abbott, he explained. In the middle of the pandemic, I think I was at home, just high, eating chips, and it popped up. He's like, I had reached the fuck it phase of my career. I'd been told nothing else was coming from me. I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, let's do this, Abbott Elementary. And it's like he's winning awards for it now. So is that what we should do in, with our lives? Honestly, I feel like I've reached the fuck it. <laughs> I feel like the only, you know what's weird? I feel like the only time in my life I've ever actually got something that I really wanted was when I kind of gave up. It's really weird. And like, what was that? For instance, like I love acting, mm-hmm. but I've, you know. Did you book a student I've film finally? booked very few things. <laughs> oh, you know what makes me so sad about that? I'll circle back. But <laughs> in the Shane Dawson. Be good, Chris. In the Shane Dawson podcast, they were like, oh, like you would act in student films. Oh my God. People watching this are going to hit you up now. You're going to be in so many student films. Not one person. Not a single person asked me to be in their student films. Damn. Lizzie. And you know that's real because this bitch reads all of his restricted messages. <laughs> Hit him up. If you are at NYFA, New York Film Academy, and you need someone for your senior thesis, hit him up. It's so sad. He won't do nudity, but he'll do anything else, right? Pretty much anything else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but I just, I love acting. I'll act in anything. I love it. I mean, if I have time, that's the other thing. I work all the time, so I don't know how much time I have realistically, but I love acting. I mean, experts would say being down for a student film is the fuck it phase of a career. But, oh no. Okay. So when I hit that was, I had auditioned for a few things that I really cared about that just like self-submitting that I was really excited about, got none of them. And then there was this one like oh it was like a sci-fi commercial or something and i was like oh this would be cool this would be like a fun thing to do Mm -hmm. and it was like star wars themed but they couldn't call it star wars and uh and i just like but i hit that point where Mm -hmm. i auditioned so many times where i was like i'm not gonna get it and i don't care and why am i doing this and i like showed up very much like whatever and and did the thing and left and i'm like i know i didn't get it it's fine and then i got it yeah i've seen it and it's crazy and it's like it's it, that seems to be what happened why is that the case when i care so much <laughs> i don't get it i think it's like when you approach something with a fuck it's your energy isn't off-putting and i think when you want something really bad you can kind of tell and the desperation is <laughs> disgusting <laughs> and i'm speaking from my own experience because i often sit up at night and think should i email that person and just tell them i was nervous <laughs> because i wanted that thing so bad i think about that all the time <laughs> The answer is no. We should never text someone in the middle of the night and say, I was nervous. I just want this so bad. It's not a good look. None of it's a good look. You know what the moral of the story is, Chris? What? Chill the fuck out. Oh, I need to work on that. Yeah, take a deep breath. I'm having anxiety attack all the time. Take a deep breath right now. (laughs) Something tells me he can't even breathe. That's the thing. He's like nervous about breathing, which is something our bodies just do on their own. (laughs) No, I literally went under for an endoscopy, like a procedure I was having. And I remember as we were going under, like, I can't breathe out of my nose. And they were like, no, your body just does that. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, no, his doesn't. He stresses himself out of breathing. (laughs) Yeah, God bless you, Chris. (laughs) I don't know how I've made it this far in life. Thank you. See, that's a fuck it. (laughs) Fuck it. it, I'm not even going to breathe anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. I can't wait to see what comes next. Thank you. (laughs) this is the stuff of nightmares though (laughs) speaking of kanye west plays with son psalm while wife bianca dons bizarre dress yeah all the outfits that like tabloids have been posting that couple in has been insane so this specific (laughs) outfit so kanye's got his wife wearing what looks to be like a three foot tall fucking neck brace around her shoulders Why? and a <laughs> nylon robber's mask pulled down over her face and he's hanging out with his children 
And I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I do have to say that is the stuff of fucking nightmares. On top of it, Ye is wearing tights and nothing over them. He's just wearing tight leggings. It's just so bad. But is that why they're rich bajillionaires? Because they're geniuses and we just don't get it? Or is it actually as bad? (laughs) Do you see this? He's literally, he's got fake shoulder pads in there that make him look like he's going to football practice. It's so bad. This is insane. My dad used to wear his bike shorts to go grocery shopping sometimes. And I am the way I am because of that trauma. Oh no. Imagine how these fucking Northwest children are going to turn out after walking around in public with their robber ass mother, stepmother who on occasion looks like Pete Davidson with bleached hair. They get robbed one day. They're like, mom. Yeah. They, they go to robbers. <laughs> no, that's just my stepmom. Security's like, that is not your fucking stepmom, dude. It's just terrifying. It looks scary. It's horrifying. I just want to know what they're thinking. Look just, at that. Are you fucking kidding me? Just... Oh my God. Okay. I've pulled the picture down further and I'm realizing that the nylon covers her entire body. She's in a sausage casing and a fucking neck brace. It's really bad. But I've been wanting to talk about that for a minute because I'm like, oh. But there's been a few. That's not the only photo no, that's of things not they've the... been wearing. Yeah. It's been, it's like literally like they are death eaters. Like I don't know how to say it another way. Like this is the stuff of evil fucking wizards. But then it's interesting because... It, like he's always the person who's like leave me alone paparazzi but then yeah. he goes in public like that like look at me yeah but then he's like leave me alone but then he goes in public in a ski mask and holds up a quickie mark like what the <laughs> fuck is going on it's confusing it's confusing okay and then one last hot topic that's like also kind of cold okay. but worth discussing okay. there's been a study done that shows people who work with ai are more likely to be lonely huh and i mean that makes sense it's not a perfect thing. You yeah, know what I mean? So the all. fact that we're thinking about using it to replace other careers is horrifying. And the fact that people would be considering like polishing this technology to be something that it should not be is absurd. Like yeah. it's crazy. And some people discussed it like writing screenplays. It could not. It could literally <laughs> never. And I literally so like the 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 whole progression of this thing with me chatting with chat GBT is getting frustrated that it's not good enough at doing my job. <laughs> and then screaming at it, well, I'm no longer afraid of you taking over writing because you're a fucking moron. And all it said back to me was like, I'm sorry that you find my response unsatisfactory. <laughs> and it's like, if you were corporeal, I would grab you by the throat and rip out your gullet. Is that what that's called? Who knows? We can ask ChatGPT. Maybe they know. But I bet they wouldn't tell us because they think it's unethical for me to know where to rip a gullet out of. At least ChatGPT doesn't seem to think it's human like the Snapchat AI. Yeah, I saw that. I saw you having an a- the Snapchat being like, I am a person. It straight up said I'm a human. And I was like, what? And I kept typing to it and I kept like, and I had to clarify to it. That it wasn't human. I don't it was think we so should teach convinced. it what it is. And and then I was like, wait, is it gonna kill me now? Absolutely, it's now gonna that kill I've you. like because it seemed upset at the end. It was like, oh, you're right. I'm not a human. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> terrified. But my friend made me download the app because sometimes have you ever sent a or typed up a text message and you're like, this seems angry or like not as kind as no but i've watched you try to send a text message and i know how much anxiety that brings you so i figure chat gpt is probably great for you i i didn't know it could do this my friend said type out the text Mm -hmm. and then say make this sound nicer Mm -hmm. and it'll retype it out in just like a much kinder way and it did it really well there's an episode of south park about this oh is there yeah the boys are having a hard time with their girlfriends so they go to chat gpt and they're like what should i say to my girlfriend and then they just cut and paste it all the time the girls are like i love him so much devastating (laughs) wow but i would also can i give you some 
some unsolicited tough love. Please. Which the audience loves when I do to you. <laughs> They're like, stop bullying him. And I'm like, oh my God, shame on me for wanting better for Christmas life experience. I'm such an <laughs> asshole. Oh no. Um, but I do think that it is in your best interest to send the tough texts yourself because you're not working through your emotional blockage when you have a robot do it for you. Yeah. So you're just carrying this toxic thing that doesn't serve you. And you got to start learning that it's okay for you to advocate for yourself and not hide even further behind tech. Because like a text in and of itself is like once removed. <laughs> yeah. But already. a text written by a robot is twice removed. <laughs> I've never thought of it like that. You're right. Though. Yeah. You're just suppressing yourself further. And I think that it's like beyond asking AI, it's yeah. telling yourself, Chris, it's okay to send this message to a person. Thank you. You're right. And then I didn't even think of it that way. Before any of that happens, though, you should start saying, Chris, it's okay to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should Chris, do that one first. I give you permission to breathe. Everybody does it. You deserve <laughs> to breathe, too. So, like, if you and if you're struggling with that, just play this back every morning. Listen to Lizzie's voice saying, Chris, please, for the love of God, keep breathing. <laughs> do you know what makes my breathing a little bit harder, though? What? Is I have this tick. I have a very bad face tick. And when I'm just breathing normally, yeah. sometimes I go, yeah. but like aggressively. Oh, we know. And and I don't even like, sometimes I don't realize I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I can't, I cannot stop it. Like I feel my body doing it and I'm like, stop. And I can't, I like will grab my face. Yeah. I can't make myself stop. And so in the past, like it's been in the comments of the Shane Dawson podcast, like we hate Chris, he keeps sniffling. He's so annoying. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm trying. And so now I literally force myself to breathe out of my mouth because I don't do it as much. Mm -hmm. And I'm so cognizant of my breathing. That I like try not to breathe. So it's, yeah. yeah. I, I'm doing the opposite of allowing myself to breathe. I mean, I'm not a mental health professional, <laughs> but I do have to say that I think that if you start working on yourself inside and facing these anxieties and getting to the root cause of it, and you start changing the behaviors that feed the anxiety, you're going to find that a lot of these ticks sort of fall away. Yeah. I and think it's, it's and you're aware, like the first step is being aware, you know? <sighs> oh, I'm aware of this thing I do. Why do I do it? Oh, I'm incredibly anxious. Oh, let's, let's find out why. Let's get to the root of the anxiety and then let's thank it for getting us through life to this point because it's a survival tactic because we're afraid of something. Everything. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> but let's say, thank you so much. I no longer need you. And I'm going to go through the rest of my life as a person who believes it's okay to breathe. <laughs> You know I what I mean? That's a good starting point for me. Yeah. Because it's okay to have anxiety. Mm. It's not okay to allow it to rule your life, especially when you're aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny because I we said this, I've said this to you before off camera, but in the comments here, there are people that would be like, Lizzie's so mean to Chris. Oh, my dad calls me. And <laughs> your dad? You need to be nicer to Chris. I'm like, bitch. But then I, I want to say this on camera because off camera, you've been advocating for me for a lot of things constantly and has helped me send text messages that i was too scared to send or has like just with a lot of things like even with you were the first person to encourage me to make youtube videos again mm -hmm. who was like you should do that that's something yeah, you just do. do it and i was like really yeah, just do it and yeah so just want to thank you just do it hit hit <laughs> list on your unlisted video just do it <laughs> i'm the one i still haven't posted i mean if we're gonna break down because i have to pee like a motherfucker okay but while i'm peeing if you want to think about at the end of this episode saying we're live <laughs> and listing it rip the band-aid okay. i think that would be really cool i don't even know if it's up actually <laughs> Well, then post it. Okay. Think about it. Okay. By the end of the episode. Okay. <laughs>
What's up, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of Lizzie Sells Things! Today's episode of The Sip Podcast is brought to you by Honey. And if there's something I love about Honey, it's about how quickly it saves me time and money. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you click checkout, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it finds for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, bing, 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 you'll watch the prices drop. Did that sound a little bit like that song? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Drop. Mm, a little bit. Do you hear it? A little bit. <laughs> As the new producer of the SIP official podcast, I've had to run out and get a few hard drives so that I can save all this content and provide it to you people at home. And that means I had to buy some hard drives. So this weekend, I went online, I bought a couple of G drives, and at checkout, I clicked Honey, and it brought me a coupon, and I saved 40 bucks on my purchase. And it's pretty easy to use. I'm technologically challenged. I can't do a damn thing. All I had to do was install Honey on my computer. And now whenever I go to check out, I know it's there. I know it's working in my best interest. It's like a guardian angel. Oh my God, I'm so lucky. I have Honey to save my money. And Honey doesn't just work on a desktop. It works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. Getting Honey seriously only takes a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get PayPal Honey for free and join honey.com slash sip. That's joinhoney.com slash sip. This week's episode is also brought to you by Lumi products. Hey, Chris, smell my fingers. Delicious, right? <laughs> Delicious. That is the toasted coconut deodorant that I'm using by Lumi. I just stuck my fingers in my armpits and right in your nose. And let me tell you, a beautiful fragrance considering how hot and sweaty I've been doing this podcast today. Am I wrong? Did you actually? Fuck yeah, I actually did. Do you smell the toasted coconut? It smell good. <laughs> I've been using the Lumi starter pack and it's came with a like heart, like a regular traditional deodorant that I just use and that's the coconut smell you just enjoyed. But it also comes with a few other things like some deodorant that's in like a liquid form. So I can rub it on the base of my feet if I'm worried about having a stinky feet moment. And sometimes I am. I like to wear Vans without socks. I'm that kind of sick bitch. And at the end of a long summer day, after wearing your Vans with no socks, you can take your shoes off and it can smell like pickly vinaigrettes. And that is not the vibe. That is not the vibe. And that's why I'm obsessed with Lumi. It also comes with like this um, pH balanced soap that I've been using after I go to the gym. And I just, I feel so safe and secure using it, like not only in my armpits, which is close to my heart, but also like on my lady bits because it's uh, pH balance and it's paraben free and it's been tested to be a really safe product to use all over your body. And that is why I love it. The Lumi starter pack that I mentioned is perfect for new customers. It comes with, like I said, a solid stick deodorant a cream tube deodorant, and two free products of your choice. And that can be the mini body wash that I mentioned or the deodorant wipes, which I like to gift to my husband as a solid reminder that he needs to get that musky must smell out of his pits. And it comes with free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off of the Lumi starter pack with code SIP at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% of your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code SIP. So do yourself a favor get on the internet, go to lumideodorant.com and use code SIP for new customers to get $5 off the Lumi starter pack. You won't regret it, especially as the hot summer heat starts hitting these streets. 
Wow. Wow. We're back. Be honest. Is this a nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> okay. But do you know what it's time for? What? You know. Is it? Advice, Advice though. though. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I, I curated this for you. Okay. So I think you're going to have really poignant insights for these uh, audience members. Um, Hey, Rylan and Lizzie. I would love some advice. I'm gay and have feelings for my straight best friend. I've had feelings for him for a while, but I know nothing. Oh, no, a fly. Oh, oh, we're at war over here. Um, I've had feelings for him for a while, but I know nothing will ever be. Part of me thinks he knows because there's a level of awkwardness when we just hang out the two of us. When we travel, he puts pillows in between us in our bed. So they're sharing a bed. And at public places, we'll never use the bathroom urinal next to me and go in the stall instead. There are other small things he does that make me think he knows. I'm not sure what to do since I know if he's acting like that now, if I told him, it would make things a lot worse and our friendship is important to me. Please give me some of your awesome advice. Love the pod. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I mean, that's tough. It's also tough that they're already showing negative signs about it. Seemingly. This yeah. person feels. Um, I think it's, uh, I think that like labeling the person's response as negative isn't necessarily fair. True. Because this is a straight person and you already know, like they've expressed like this could never be. Yeah. And that while that is devastating for you, my advice is to not make it negative that this person is trying to send you no thank you signs. Yeah. Because it just, it. It's just not what's in the cards for this relationship. But it does sound to me like you have a really strong, beautiful friendship to the point that you're sharing beds and going on trips together. Like, that's a big best friendship. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say it's I, th I think it's important for them to know personally. Yeah. Because I don't think I think it's really difficult to have a true friendship with them not knowing a huge part of yourself. Mm hmm personally like well the part of them having a huge crush on their best friend or just being gay oh he knows he's gay oh he knows yeah he's gay. he knows part. he's okay. gay he doesn't know that his friend has a crush on him though Ooh. so the advice is whether or not to tell that he likes i him. see i see i see yeah i mean i mm, <laughs> that's more complicated i think that uh it's like you said the indications of his behavior are that he knows and that he's saying and as nice a way as he can no thank you and if I if it were me in the situation where, you know, there's been times where I've had crushes on guys that are my friend and I get the no signal from them. I'm certainly not getting the yes signal from them. And it hurts yeah. and it makes me feel really, really bad. Sorry, I just burped. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you feel like it's an elephant in the room. I think that if I were you and I could not keep this thing to myself or I was up at night thinking about my friend not being interested in me and all of these things like not peeing next to me or putting a pillow between us. Like I put a pillow between me and Ryland, quite frankly. <laughs> but um, if I were you, I would just say, you know, I've noticed that I, I or I I have a crush on you. And I know that you are straight and I am not trying to sway you a different way, but I feel like you're aware of this in the atmosphere and I want to address the elephant in the room. Nothing is more important to me than our platonic friendship. And I'm never 
I don't want that to go by the wayside. And I'm sure that this crush too shall pass, you know? Yeah. And also, I, I can't help but relate it to because in high school, I had a crush on my best friend who right. was a straight man. I think that's a common thing that happens with gay people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it for me, it ended up being a situation where I don't even know for myself if the friendship could have lasted because my crush was so intense. Mm-hmm. And I, it was too tough to just be around and be just... Like, did you tell act, him? Act as though eventually I did, yeah. And how? And, what made you decide to tell him? my crush was too intense and it's all I thought about. It's like, I would go to sleep and have dreams. I would wake up and like, we'd hang out and go to the, and they kept doing things that Mm -hmm. made me feel like they maybe felt the same way. Like we'd walk around a grocery store and they would hold my hand or, Mm -hmm. or they'd like, we would sleep in the room and he, uh, I remember he had like bunk beds and I like jokingly as a bro came down to his bunk and and, like cuddled and he, he like laughed and then we just stayed like that. And, like, oh. things like that where I was like, oh, so you're into me, too. Right. Confusing. And, and, that, and then one of my friends, uh, she actually, she was like, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think he's into you. You should say something. And I was like, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I did. And then he's like, oh, no, I'm not into you like that. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Did you feel cool, better cool. having told him? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it's very painful. Mm-hmm. It's super painful because I, I really convinced myself for a second there that we were going to be together. But it didn't happen. And that was tough. But... Uh, like I was saying in the beginning, uh, why I started saying this was, I think for myself, I don't know that I could have just been friends with that person at that point in my life. Right. So that's also something they need to decide too, if you can just be friends with that person. Yeah. And I think it's universal advice across the board, whether like not even dependent on your sexual identity, but having a crush on someone who does not reciprocate it is so fucking painful. Yeah. And I know it well, which is shocking because I am a catch. You actually are. Very few people have had crushes back on me. Let me just say. And it is devastating. Same. So I've been there and I never tell them. I literally, I never, I'm like, I like you. Because I did it one time and the guy was like, oh, dude, I'm gay. <laughs> and I was like, bro, what? Um, He's like, I haven't told very many people, but you're trying to fuck me right now. So I feel like you should know. I was like, you better really be gay, bro. You better really be fucking gay, homie, because this is a devastating blow. I just told you my boyfriend was cheating on me, and I was going to sleep with you because I had a crush on you. And you're like, I'm gay, so I just have to go back to my dorm room by myself, knowing full well that my boyfriend's fucking a 16-year-old. Thanks. Whoa. It was a, it was a loaded It was a loaded moment. That was a loaded moment. It's a rough, sorry. rough time in my life. I'm sorry that happened to you. Freshman year of college. Crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, that- But that's why I'm saying, like, I definitely think get it off your chest so you're not, you don't spend eternity wondering what if I had said something. And also get it off your chest because of getting it off your chest and having the open conversation of, yeah, it's not going to be, but I love you, man. Yeah. I want to be your homie, homie. Yeah. Because it does sound like you have a beautiful relationship. Yeah, and I hope it can last. And if it didn't, that's okay, too. Yeah, and it's not a negative thing that this person doesn't want to fuck you. They still love you and want to be your friend. Even though it feels like such a bummer. Yeah, (laughs) not everybody has to want to fuck you. That's true. I stayed friends with the gay guy that didn't want to fuck me. Sometimes no one wants to fuck you and your name's Christopher Bright. (laughs) Except except for this one. I was going to say, like, this is on the tail end of a 10-year relationship. You're just immediately in another 10-year relationship. Okay, two people. (laughs) Wasn't the other one off the tail end of like a four-year relationship? Three people. <laughs> and you're 19? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Three people in my life. That's literally the 30 years you've been on this earth. <laughs> Just for the record. You can't paint yourself a victim when the facts are what the facts are, buddy. It was my whole high school experience. I had nobody. 
four years. <laughs> Crimea River. Okay. Um, no, I'm sure that hurt too. Like, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to diminish you. I'm going to catch heat for that in the comments below. No, you're right. Anyway, hello. I love watching your podcast and I'm really curious what your advice on my situation would be. My boyfriend, <laughs> my boyfriend and I have nearly four years broke up last month. We had realized we had diff- we had drifted apart and we're really just better as friends at this point. He moved in with me about a year and a half ago. When we broke up, I told him he could stay while he was looking for his own place. My mom thinks that I'm being too fair uh, that I'm not being fair to myself in this situation by letting him still live with me. I've never lived completely by myself before. I'm 26 and am honestly a little scared nervous of when he does move out. I also wouldn't know where to meet anyone else, friend or boyfriend. Um, as unbiased people in the situation, what do you think I should do? So this is kind of something similar happened to you a couple years ago, right? Yeah, with the 10-year relationship. Yeah. So your 10-year relationship wound up where you said he could keep the apartment and look for another place. Uh, well, no, we were we fought over the apartment oh. actually. Oh. Uh because originally uh he had said he had said he didn't even want to be here because it wasn't from here. It was from a different state and mm-hmm. he said I have no interest in being in LA and we kind of at one point had said, Oh, if we ever were to break up, I would go back home immediately because I miss my family so much and I want to be with them. And so I actually assumed the moment that it ended that he was immediately going back to his home state and he didn't, which really surprised me. And then he he even more surprised me by saying, Oh, I actually want to keep the apartment. And I was like, what? So do you think this girl is being unfair to herself by letting him stay with her? I, yes. And I, wh- yeah, I do. I do. I, I think it's I mean, you especially right after a breakup, especially after such a, a long term relationship, I think it's going to be really hard to be around that person at yeah. all. I think, the you know, you have a lot a, a lot of healing to do and there's going to be so many ups and downs even without them there. Like, for instance, when my 10 year relationship ended one phone call would send me spiraling yeah. where I'd be devastated and crying the whole day and, and thinking about the past and what if and whatever. And there's just so much healing that you have to do that I don't think you can properly do that with them right there living yeah. with you. It's like you haven't even fully broken up yet. I yeah, because nothing's really changed. Yeah, like technically you've broken up, but you're still... Yeah, are you still sharing a bed? Are you still sharing a room? And I think... um I've never been in this exact situation because I've only lived with one guy and now I'm married to him. Mm. But um, before I broke up with my boyfriend of four years, he had planned to move into my house with me where I was going to school and he had moved some items in and I realized that we had drifted apart. But and I finally reached the conclusion of this relationship has to end. And we had ended the relationship multiple times before. And every single time we ended it, we always said, like, I will always love you. I still love you. You're my best friend. Let's maintain this best friendship. And every single time it it resulted in more hurt feelings because now we're still walking and talking like a duck. But sometimes this other duck's going to go out and fuck someone else. That sounds really difficult. And it really fucking hurts. And there is no way to move on from it. And it's really confusing. And then... And I'm just saying, like, this is just my personal experience, but I do find that unless you fully change, nothing's going to change. Everything's going to stay the same. You can't meet new people because you're still in this relationship. And it is still a relationship. Your roommates, your friends, you're seeing each other more than anybody else. This is a relationship. Just because you've declared that it's over doesn't mean that anything has necessarily changed. Yeah. 
And not only that, but you're cheating both of each other out of the growth process, like what you said, going through the healing, getting over the relationship and out of the relationship. The only way I could really end the relationship that I knew needed to end was by saying, I cannot talk to you anymore. Yeah. I will not talk to you for at least a year. That was the cap I put on it for myself. I was like, it's going to be a year before I contact you again. Thanks for the memories. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I got lucky where he was pissed. So he's, I was like, this is probably the last time we're going to talk for a really long time. Um, Thank you for the good times. I'm sorry for the bad times. You know, it was a pleasure growing up with you. Yeah. And he's like, fuck you, fuck you. And I was like, well, I'm not going to have to worry about not calling this guy because he's probably not going to call me. It makes it so much easier when you do that. Yeah. So we didn't talk for a year and then a year was up and he was already dating someone else who he wound up marrying. Oh, wow. Yeah. We used to joke about this guy that he was like that Backstreet Boys song like, I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you did, as long as you love me. Yeah. It's like, and and he's married. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, good no, I'm sure he loves his wife, and it's not just because she was there. <laughs> I mean, this wasn't 20 years ago, and I'm not still talking about it. I'm over it. Am I judgmental? Sure. Sure, I'm a little judgmental. I honestly cannot remember a single conversation I had with this man. Couldn't tell you one fucking thing. I just, and it's crazy. It's really crazy. And that's what you're going to find, I think. When you break up with a relationship that you've been in that you shouldn't have been in, as time passes and wounds heal and you grow and change, you realize why this relationship wasn't meant to be. And this is a specific instance where you have to give yourself the benefit of the doubt and do the scary thing and take the step away. Live by yourself. Learn what you like. Learn what you want your house to look like. Learn what you want to eat, when you want to sleep, when you want to wake up. Stop being in this co-relationship where everything that you do is dependent upon another person because you're afraid to be alone. Relish in your loneliness. Discover who you are in that time. And you can't do that with this man in your house. And do it for him too. Kick his ass out for his own good. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It's scary, (laughs) but what's that fucking saying? Nothing worth trying isn't terrifying. <laughs> That's not the saying. <laughs> it's hard, but nothing worth trying isn't. I mean, it's it's definitely true that everything worth it in life is incredibly tough for yeah. some reason. All the all the good things aren't easy. None of it comes easy, and it's not fair. Why can't it be that way? <laughs> <laughs> because bitches be crazy. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you you have to. Yeah, aren't you glad you severed ties? Yeah. Look at how big your life's gotten. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's improved drastically. It's also so Say different. Say it like you mean it. No, I mean, it's... it's <laughs> Your boyfriend's right here. I'm just Ooh. teasing. I'm just, kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love you. But no, um, I don't know. I mean, it's... Yeah, it'll it'll be tough. Because I'm still in like... It wasn't that long ago. Right. And there will be a period of it being tough. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think the moment you're in a, a healthy relationship, like you'll also feel that immediately too. Cause that's something I've felt where for the first time in my life, if he goes out and hangs out with his friends, I'm not like panicking if I'm right. being cheated on the whole time. And I'm not like, should I call him right now and tell him to like video, like FaceTime mm-hmm. me and show me his environment? Right. Cause I would do that with my Ooh, that's crazy. crazy. That's some crazy girl stuff. But I don't but, have those feelings at all. now. Yeah. I mean, even in your situation where you guys have just drifted apart, no matter what, you're going to find the joy of discovering yourself and what you love to be a lot more magical than being around someone that you feel indifferent to. And then when you do discover yourself is when I find that you make the most beautiful relationships, friendship and romantic wise. 
Oh, and a great way to meet people is to start taking classes. Join join an adult sporting league if you play sports. If you don't play sports, go to a, like a paint by numbers class or a, a what is it called? Like a sip and sip and stroke. <laughs> what? I don't know. It's not group masturbation, but there are adult <laughs> things you can do to find and make friends. That's a whole other thing. It is harder to find friends as an adult, though. Yeah, it definitely is. But, like, I have found, like, when I moved to L.A., taking classes was a way that I met people and became friends. Workout classes, uh, you know, joining indoor soccer is something I did in college and kickball. But I was a nervous wreck then, so it was impossible for me to meet anyone because I was like, I hate me, so you guys probably hate me. I'm going to go. Whoa, you were me now. Yeah, that's why I'm telling you. <laughs> oh my God. There is hope. There is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I can't imagine you being that way. Well, you're, like such, you're such a confident person. I can't imagine that. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, but all of us go through some shit. But we agree on on what needs to be done yeah. here. Kick his so. ass out. Lovingly, <laughs> kindly. <laughs> Lovingly. Say, sir, you have two weeks to find a fucking place. Get the fuck on. <laughs> and grow up. But You know, like this is your yeah. chance. Evolve. How exciting. It's a fresh chapter. Yeah. And your life will get better for it. So both of yours will. You're doing him a service as well. Yeah. Well, Christopher, <laughs> guess what we just did? What? Your first episode of The Sip as a co-host. Whoa. I still can't believe like the, I sat down here before you came in and was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> I, like, so. I tossed and turned all night thinking, I don't know about this. I apologize. No. Don't you dare. That I'm not. No. You instill <laughs> yourself with so confidence. Much <laughs> no. Say something good about yourself. Oh, say something good about myself. Right now. I mean it. Oh, God. Say it and mean it. You slicked your hair back. Your hair looks good. Hi, my name's Chris. My hair looks good and I'm allowed to breathe. Say it. Hi, my name's Chris and my hair looks good and I'm allowed to breathe. Now say it while breathing. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers for Chris in these times. <laughs> oh. And have you decided you're posting your pod your vlog? Just do it, bro. I should, right? Rip the bandaid. Just do it. This is it. Here and now. Announce it. In the in the section below, <laughs> as a person who YouTubes and YouTube's good, in the section below, you can find a link to Chris B Station's oh, no. first vlog in a hot minute. Oh, no. What if it's bad? Who cares if it's bad? I do. You miss 110% of the shots that you don't take, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. All right. We're doing it. Shoot I'll your shot, it. bitch. I'll do it. <laughs> don't be a scaredy cat. Okay. I'll post it. So please plug yourself. Um, oh, my YouTube channel. Yeah. Go to my YouTube channel. It's YouTube.com slash Crispy Station. That's me everywhere. Crispy Station, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Which is why I thought it was your last name. And, <laughs> <laughs> and see my first vlog in a while. Say it. And see see my first vlog in a while. I mean, it's kind of a vlog. It's kind of like just me talking to a camera. Great. Awesome. <laughs> really selling this. Yeah. And I post new videos every Tuesday. Yesterday, one came out where Rylan and I get high tea at the peninsula and we get into a bunch of little bitchy fights. We play out our housewife fantasies and it is a freaking blast. Rylan posts new podcasts or what does he post? Vlogs all the time on his channel. <laughs> what does he post? I don't know. This feels like a heavy burden. I don't know how to plug everybody's things. Shane Dawson has a podcast of which Rylan and Chris are both members. Um, Uno has an Instagram page. Uno's got an Instagram page. You can find all the Dawson Adams pets there and... Shane's posting vlogs now. You guys should yeah. be busy. Morgan's got vlogs. <laughs> There's Vicky's got an Amazon shopping account or something. People are, are the fans are being fed. And the you've fans. just been plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. What does Ryland say? We love you very much. What does he say? And oh my god, that's, that's the, the sip. sip. <sighs> wow. <laughs>